0: How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Go to cnbcmakeit.com slash courses to register now and learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course where experts share their secrets for a dynamic resume, coming across with confidence, what to wear, and more. For a limited time, save 50% with our introductory offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses.
1: Alright, it's Friday. That means it's time for options action. The market's losing about 5% across the board this week, closing on a fourth losing week in five as a comeback rally looks increasingly like a bear market bounce. Looking for shelter, we've charted an under-the-radar bond port in the storm, then continuing our consumer conversation from the top of the hour. We're looking for some deals to snatch up now in Walmart, Uber, and Las Vegas Sands. I am Frank Holland, filling in for Melissa Lee. Joining me tonight, Carter Worth. Mike Coe, in special appearance by Scott Nations, president of Nations Indexes. Before we get to tonight's trades, let's triage the markets. Carter, we're going to begin with you.
2: Well, what we know is that it's always tempting to try to say, hey, the worst is over. But it's usually better to anticipate more trouble and then get increasingly encouraged if it doesn't materialize. It was a bad week. It's been a bad year. And I just don't think it's over.
1: All right, Mike, over to you. i saying better safe than sorry.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm inclined to agree. This was an exceptionally tough week. Uh, You know, I have to say that, first of all, the inflation data that we received didn't surprise me. But it doesn't matter if it surprises everybody else, then the market reaction was sufficient to surprise me there. I think a lot of people who have been observers of this probably were expecting uh, maybe better than the whisper uh, number and inflation number, apparently. I'm not exactly sure what was going on there. But uh, as holders of Adobe, as holders of FedEx, this was a painful week for us to be sure, but FedEx is the one that concerns me a little bit more. The Adobe situation, I think, is indicative of how the market is going to react to news that they don't particularly, particularly like. They didn't really like the deal that they announced and they punished the stock severely. And then you take a look at FedEx and the fact that they really can't give us or illuminate uh, what the rest of this year is gonna look like is also pretty grim. And what is also a little bit concerning to me is that it seems like we're hearing that same kind of tenor from across uh, various industries. You know, when we heard Barry Stern earlier today, he was making similar kinds of comments about the people that he's talking to. So uh, overall, it, it, it didn't feel like a good week and it doesn't feel like it's gonna get a whole lot better soon. Scott.
4: Uh, Frank, I think that the reaction to the inflation data was absolutely appropriate, but I think that the market made the wrong reaction to the FedEx data You know, FedEx has never been particularly profitable margin-wise. It has huge inefficiencies between its ground business and its express business. And since the company has started making EPS estimates public, in nine of those 10 years, they've gone on to reduce that target, to lower that target at least once. And so FedEx, congratulations, you're normal. So I just don't think that this is the, the sort of barometer that the broad market should be paying attention to And I think the market figured that out. You know, the S&P had a tough day today, but the last half of the day was pretty good. Yes, we closed 26 points lower, about three-quarters of a point. But we gained some of that, a lot of it back, and we actually closed 36 points above the low. So, yeah, I understand why it was a tough week. I don't think FedEx was the reason to, to focus on that, though.
1: Well, Scott, really quick, before we move on, are you saying wrong reaction or overreaction? I mean, when you cut your your current quarter EPS guidance in half, is that really a wrong reaction?
4: Well, it may not be the wrong reaction. You make a good point. Maybe it's a a way overreaction to some disappointing news from a company that's going to have a lot of trouble anyway, particularly on the labor front. Labor costs are going to eat them alive. Uh, And so the the fact that the S&P was down 50 at one point, based largely on FedEx, is an overreaction.
1: Yeah, variable cost also an issue with their ground contractors. All right, so with all this in mind, where should one turn to for stability? We're all looking for that. Carter Worth, he has the answer.
2: Carter. Well, I think I have one of the answers. Uh, There are probably many, but let's uh, get to it. So there is the thinking that we can get a handsome yield without too much uh, maturity. So a very simple table, one-year, two-year, three-year T-bills. And here is... The 3.5% we have yet to break out on the 10-year, but take a look at the two-year next chart. We have broken out. And so the question is, at this point, is it is it time to actually take the inverse trade and maybe buy uh, short-term paper? This SHY, the iShares final chart, uh, is a pretty good uh, instrument if you want to capture a 3.8% uh, yield, plus or minus, and not go out in too much duration. So. What we're thinking here is that you want to be and we're going to make it up to the trend line and you want to buy SHY.
1: All right. Carter, thanks a lot. Mike, what's the trade here?
3: Yeah. So uh, interesting situation, of course, because we're getting into territory that we really haven't seen since before the credit crisis. If you take a look at the immediate uh, pre-credit crisis highs for the short-term rates, it was probably close to 5%. And if we got to 5%, what would that translate to for for SHY? Probably looking at about uh, 80 bucks. So that's really your your downside if you were to buy it here. Of course, if you're speculating that rates are going to turn rather than buying this for yield, an inexpensive way that you could do that would simply be to go out to December. I was looking at the 83 strike calls. Those things cost about a half a percent uh, of the current share price, about 40 cents. Uh, if you wanted to make a bullish bet. But I think I would make a different point here as well, which is that sometimes it makes sense to trade options, and sometimes it makes sense to just simply buy the underlying shares. And if the purpose uh, that you are looking to uh, SHY is so that you can collect that yield, then buying the shares could also make some sense, because of course, options don't provide any yield. In fact, they do quite the opposite. They will decay over time. But again. You're not risking a great deal if you're speculating on a pullback in short-term rates to buy those calls. But in general, I think buying SHY is also another way to sort of take a safe haven trade here.
1: All right, Scott, uh, what's your take on Carter's premise and Mike's trade, the, the safe haven trade, if you will?
4: Well, Carter's premise makes all the sense in the world. And doesn't it cast into sharp relief the problem that equity investors have right now? I mean, do you really want to be rolling the dice with the with equities in this environment when you can get a safe four percent annual yield uh, in the two year and so that that really is the problem for for equity traders you know Mike's trade makes a tremendous amount of sense And we talk about implied volatility uh, the implied volatility for something like this is going to be very low so you can buy that call that 82 call uh, and not pay very much money in absolute premium and so and and then you get the exposure that you want and again You know, 4% probably makes a whole lot of sense right now.
1: All right. Well, still to come, unexpected opportunities. Each trader will present a different way to play the consumer. Yes, even in this economy. And for everything's option action, check out our website newsletter. There's more options action right after this.
0: You land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Go to cnbcmakeit.com slash courses to register now and learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career boosting online course where experts share their secrets for a dynamic resume, coming across with confidence, what to wear, and more. For a limited time, save 50% with our introductory offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses.
1: All right. Welcome back to Options Action. Despite the headline declines, there are still some opportunities to make some money. Right now, we're going to present three ways to play the two types of consumers, those that will trade down and those that will trade up in terms of their buying power. Scott, with the special guest appearance, kick us off with Walmart.
4: That's right. I want to be long equities, but I don't want to be a hero. And so I want to focus on low beta names and that is the staples the staples sector. So staples think of them as the companies that either make the stuff you have to buy or that sell the stuff you have to buy. And I want to talk about Walmart because the staples sector was the only sector uh in the equity space that was higher uh today. So Walmart is one of the kings of the staples. I love what they have to do. They're going to do a great job when it comes to maintaining margins. I think it's just a great company. So I wanna get long exposure to Walmart. And the way that I did that today, I did this earlier today, in the October expiration, I bought the 140 strike call. I paid $1.50 for that. You could actually buy it a little bit cheaper later in the day, but again, that's the October expiration. You can see, as as with any time that we're gonna buy an option, our max risk is what we pay, that's $1.50. My goal here is for Walmart to get back to the bottom of the gap Uh, from May when they reported disappointing earnings. And I think that they're gonna do that. You know, last quarter they had really nice earnings. Again, they make the stuff that you have to buy. If there's a problem with Walmart options, it's the implied volatility is low. So there's not a lot of meat on the bone if you wanna do something like a spread. But, you know, as Mike has said, sometimes all you have to do is buy a call. And I I love the fact that I'm gonna get long exposure to the equity space and the staples.
1: All right, from retail to rideshare, the chart master is hitting Uber's technicals to see if this name is about to make a U-turn. Carter?
2: Well, it's kind of exactly what it's doing on the chart. Let's uh, let's figure that out together. Kind of looks like a U-turn there, right? So what do we got? We got a beautiful downtrend, and the stock has failed to the penny, to the penny, to the penny. It's why trends matter. And then what did it do? It gapped up on its earnings. Above trend. How can we draw the lines? One way to draw the lines would be as follows. It's a well-defined... Call it whatever you want to call it, but that's what a reversal formation, cup and handle. Another way to draw the lines You can call it whatever you want to call it, but it has all the elements of a bottoming out formation. Uber on the long side.
1: Buy it. All right. Thanks a lot, Carter. Mike, what's the trade on Uber?
3: Yeah. You know, uh, Scott made an interesting point when he was talking about Walmart, which is that it's a very low volatility stock as a staple, low beta. That meant that the options premium was not that high. The exact opposite is actually the case for Uber. The other thing is that when we take a look at the charts that Carter was just illustrating for us, we do have that bottoming formation, which gives us sort of a place to draw a line in the sand. So I was looking at a trade that I like to use in these higher implied volatility situations where we do start seeing a move off the bottom, where we are thinking about the possibility that we might have purchased a stock at that bottom by using a call spread risk reversal. So in this case, I'm looking at the 25, half, 40 call spread risk reversal, that is going to expire in November. Now, when I use these types of trades, generally speaking, I'm looking to put them on for something close to even, trying to get some near uh, upside participation, but not to have that immediate downside um, exposure, essentially. And so here, effectively, you would get long down at that 25 uh, put strike. And long at the 32 and call strike, and have exposure all the way up to that short 40 strike call. Now, in this case, uh, we are laying out a little bit of premium here, uh, about a buck 30 or so, uh, but that actually represents a relatively small percentage, just a little over 3% of the current stock price. And bear in mind that that decay that you're going to be paying is what you would experience if you carry this trade all the way to expiration. In between, it's going to behave a little bit. Uh, like the stock would. But you can see on this chart here where your real exposure lies. You get more upside uh, for a move of 10% to the upside than you take downside risk for a comparable move. All right, Scott, uh, Mike just laid out his Uber trade. What's your take?
4: Uh, Well, let's keep that chart up for a second if we can, because I think this 25 level is really important. That's where the stock wallowed between July and August. And so I would not expect it to get any lower than that right now. Fundamentally, it's going to take advantage of the fact that gasoline prices are down 13 weeks in a row. Also, the fact that more of the company's business is coming from delivery uh, rather than ride share. We now see that uh, about 43 percent of the company's revenue comes from delivery, and that's growing. So the company is not cheap by any means. And so I think it makes a lot of sense that Mike is using options because I wouldn't want to run out and buy a, a stock like this, which is trading at, at 80 PE, when I can do a lot better by creating a, a strategy like Mike has.
1: All right, from running around town and to running the tables, Carter, you see more play in the gaming sector.
2: Yeah, also an opportunity and completely different. Here's the chart with no judgments, no lines, no arrows. Let's put some lines and arrows and judgments on it. Next chart, kind of the same thing, meaning Bottoming out formations, they look the same because charting is old-fashioned. And I think you've got to put a big green arrow on here. Let's go to the next iteration. Same chart, same time frame. There's this one. It has all the elements of a bottoming out formation. Now, one more way to draw the lines, converging trend lines. Either way, I think the big green arrow is what it deserves. And here's the other thing. It was up this week. That's a big thing. Check this out, final chart. This is a relative strength chart. So we know that this is it's just a ratio. LVS has been an underperformer from the S&P. But guess what's happened since? It's been bottoming out. It has all the elements of a bearish to bullish reversal, big strong week, great consumer name, LVS. All
1: right, Mike, over to you. How do, you, how do we roll the dice? All right on this one.
3: <laughs> you know, it's funny that they call themselves Las Vegas Sands because, of course, they don't really have much exposure to Las Vegas anymore since they sold the Venetian back in February. This company is uh, really a, a Marina Bay and Macau-based company. So that's Singapore and Macau. And I think everybody knows that uh, Macau in particular, uh, you've had a lot of restrictions, and that has hurt their business. But I, I would like to just offer the following. Number one, they have a good amount of cash right now available uh, because they had uh, some periods of negative cash flow, but they've got over six billion bucks in cash, net debt around nine billion. But here's something to think about. So the company right now, round numbers, it's actually slightly lower than this, enterprise value around forty billion versus a all-time peak of around sixty. This was a company that was able to generate north of three point seven billion dollars annually in free cash flow at its peak. And if you're making a bullish bet here, what you're planning on, is that we're going to start seeing people return to the tables you can't really look to the last couple of years to represent how you think this company is going to do going forward and when we take a look at it in that sense i think that there's believe it or not over the course of the next couple of years as much as 50 percent potential upside of course in this market environment it's hard to look a uh, couple of years out it's we're really looking at a couple of days weeks or months out and this is a company where the situation is not unlike the one that we saw in uber Because the stock has fallen so far, and because it is reasonably volatile, we are seeing significantly higher elevated options premiums. And so I'm looking for a trade that is actually very similar to the one that I was using in Uber, going out to November once again and looking for a call spread risk reversal, and in this case, actually able to get it for very close to even, which was the target that I had previously discussed, paying only 11 cents to buy the November 40 strike calls and sell the 34 strike puts and the 46 strike calls against it. Now, give this some thought, if you will, and imagine that at just under 39 bucks, the stock would have to fall $5 for you even to uh, begin to consider where you're getting long. So that means that you can have a more than 10% decline, and you have none of that exposure to the downside. Contrarily, if it went up by a like amount, you're going to collect about 8.5% in terms of profits versus Uh, the current stock price. So that's really the way to think about these things. Up 10%, how do I make debt versus how much I lose down 10%. I think in a market like this, it's very easy to uh, expect that we're going to see those kinds of moves. That's the kind of market we're in. So you want to set up trades that give you considerably more upside in those types of moves than you have downside.
1: All right, Scott, what's your take on Mike's trade? He's basically saying similar trade for two very different businesses.
4: Yes, and it shows the power of this structure. And Mike and I have talked many times about how this can be a wonderful structure. I'm not certain that Las Vegas Sands is really a worthy subject though. And I just look at it like this. If I owned Uber down 10%, I'd be happy to own it down 10% because I I like the business. If I owned Vegas Sands down 10%, I'd be worried about more lockdowns in, in China and I'd be just worried about the business in general. And so if you would be happy owning Las Vegas Sands down 10% or even lower, then this is a great strategy. But it's also a strategy that if you don't want to have anything to do with the business, then maybe there's happier hunting someplace else.
1: All right. Up next, we're taking Twitter or taking to Twitter, excuse me, and answering some of your most pressing questions. There's much more options action after this. We are back in two minutes. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to Options Action. It's time to take to some some tweets. I'm tongue-tied on this Friday, Carter. Help me out. All right, our first tweet is asking, with supposedly so much bearishness, why is the VIX so low? Scott, take this one.
4: Frank, Hank asks a great question. It goes to the heart of option implied volatility. We think of the VIX as the fear index or the fear gauge, thanks to Steve Sears at Barron's, but it's really a measure of implied volatility now the two go hand in hand when there's a lot of fear or bearishness then uh, there's often a lot of implied volatility that is implied volatility is really high but that's what the vix is trying to measure implied volatility uh, it's a volatility index hence the name and there's a correct level for the vix we just have to do a little bit of math so it closed today at 26.30. if we do a little bit of math we know that that implies a daily move for the next month of 1.6% close to close each day. Today we had uh, a move, big move, but it ended up being less than half of that level. So you can say that at 26.30 it's too low, I, but I think it's actually at, at about the level it should be.
1: Mike, you agree, right at the level it should be, or too low? Uh,
3: yeah, it doesn't feel all that low to me. And, I, and actually, as I take a look at options premia going out in time, It also doesn't feel low i'd like everybody to sort of think about this if you consider that you think that the equity markets might return on any given year uh say 10 12 percent uh 20 returns over the course of a year either higher or lower would be pretty outsized but that actually is what the options market is currently implying if we look out about a year we are seeing that that straddles price at about 20 percent of the underlying for the s p so uh, it is maybe not the eye watering numbers that we saw in the depths of the credit crisis or during the pandemic when we saw VIX numbers going to the high side of 60, 70, maybe getting even close to 80 at one point. Uh, but those are crash situations. We're really talking about how the market's going to behave day to day over the next 30 days. And, you know, well over 1% moves daily, that's uh, pretty big, pretty volatile. All right. Next tweet. This one says Amazon
1: $125 call for March 23rd. It appears attractive. What do you think? Carter, take this one.
2: Well, that's about 12 percent of the value of the stock. I I think you've got a lot of time, six months. uh, I would do that. I actually like Amazon. It filled today by dropping the upside gap from its earnings from July 27th. I think you've got something here. Scott.
4: Well, let's remember that over time, options will end up costing more than they're worth. Uh, we can take advantage of that in a couple of different ways. But if you like Amazon, then maybe you just go out and, and buy the stock. And since the split, it's a much more reasonably priced name. So, you know, you can buy 100 shares and not break the bank. Uh, if I were going to do something bullish, I would probably do a spread.
1: All right. Tom Flasman, you're having fun. Coming up next, the final call. Stay with us.
4: Time for final calls. Carter.
2: Uber on the long side, Las Vegas Sands on the long side. Scott.
4: The staple sector is the sector to be in. I
3: like Walmart. Mike. Call spread risk reversals in those high volatility names like LVS and Uber. All right, that does it for Options Action. Matt Money with Jim Cramer. It starts
1: right now.
0: How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course. Get the limited-time offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses.